to Z, a flavor odyssey. An odyssey continues. What's up, Dojo Nation? Welcome to another episode of Flavor Odyssey. I'm your host, Robbie Raz. Co-host, Randy Griggs, coming to you from Lot B, Cigar Dojo Studio out here in seriously unseasonably warm California, about 80 degrees today. Randy, we're here with episode T, brought to you by the fine folks at Drew Estate. The, the rebirth, rebirth of, of cigars. cigars. Uh, letter T, Randy, how you feeling today? I'm doing fan-freaking-tastic. I know you've got to be excited about this as, uh, as we finally made it to T, and this will be, I think, the second time we've done Tetuahi. Yeah, this wasn't earmarked at all. We just came up with it just kind of on the fly. We had no idea that we were going to smoke a Tetuahi cigar. We hadn't today. even done A, and, and Rob was like, the one thing I'm sure of is T has got to be Tetuahi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And uh, anyway, uh, I apologize for uh, the way that I sound. I'm getting over uh, feeling under the weather there, Randy. How you like that? That was nice. Yeah. A little uh, play on words there. Episode T. T is in spring training. Mm. Yeah. Works for me. Yeah. Pitchers and catchers, baseball. Pitchers and catchers reported a while ago. Baseball's in full swing. Oh, I'm on fire right now. Full swing, Randy. The. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back. Took me a minute to yeah, get, get it. There. That's <laughs> all right. It happens. Um, have you ever been down to spring training? I have. Yeah? When did you go? I think uh, it was like maybe three seasons ago. Um, it was a rough one, though, because I had like a four-person, four of us guys were going to go down and like go to two games at least a day yeah, for a went, week. And you went to two games? So, no. Oh. Slowly, all three guys backed out. Mm. And I said, well, screw it. I'm not. I'm not given up on my dream and i went to spring training all by myself really and i went to two games a day and you had a blast for five days all by myself um there were some lonely periods <laughs> it was a little sad it was, it was a little bit weird being on a spring training trip all by yourself um but uh as you know me i make friends everywhere i go so uh when I was in the ballparks, I, I was um, I was surrounded by other like-minded, baseball passionate people, and so I had a good time. Awesome. I've never <laughs> I've never gone by myself. <laughs> I don't think anybody has. I've uh, <laughs> I've done the spring training trip a few times. I actually went for my um, bachelor party. Went down to spring training for three or four days with uh, a bunch of buddies. Um, that was a good trip. But I, that was I managed to do uh, 2010. I went to spring training. Won the World Series. And I went back in 2012. Guess what? Won the World Series again. I didn't go in 2014. I actually haven't been back since 2012, I think. I'd like to go back. Giants fans, Robbie Raz's lack of commitment is the reason Mm. that that dynasty came to an end. True story. I should have gone in 16. (laughs) Then we would have been able to close out a three-run lead. Cubs never would have won the World Series. Wow. And we probably would have had another ring. It's not like he holds on to this stuff. No, it's, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm a sports fan. You you know how it is. <laughs> we were just having a very heated discussion uh, before the show started. Maybe we'll get into that later. Maybe we won't. Uh, Randy, letter T. Yes. So today we are smoking the Tatuaje Nuevitas Hibaro. Hibaro. Hibaro? Hibaro? Mm-hmm. Whatever. Uh, number two, uh, which is the... F- Five by or no six by fifty four, six by fifty two. Oh, you're correct. Six yeah, by fifty two. Correct. The Hebrew uh, number one, Randy, five by fifty four, was in the uh, cigar aficionado top twenty five. Was in the top ten. It was number nine cigar mm-hmm. of last year. That one's uh, five by fifty four. This one is uh, six by fifty two. 
Um, same blend. And uh, let's see, this one, this cigar was, well, we can get into the cigar a little bit more here in a minute. And then I'm going to let you say the name of the beer because I don't know what's going on over All there. All right, so uh, we are pairing the Tatuaje Nuevitas Hibaro with a Belgian triple from our good friends to the north, Unibrow Brewery. And this is li- named La Fin de Monde, which means um, it's French for the end of the world. Mm. Uh, so this is a classic Belgian-style triple, again, from Canada. And um, Unibrew, <coughs> Unibrow. I don't know that it's worth correcting anybody. I've always called it Unibrow. It's more likely no, see, called Unibrew. I've been telling everybody it's Unibrow because that's, that's what, what everyone me. calls it. We all call it Unibrow. It probably is Unibrew. Whatever. Yeah. It's uh, it's Canadian. It's a highly, highly decorated beer. Oh, yeah. Tons of awards. Mm-hmm. Um, Critical acclaim, I indeed. believe they call it. Nice. Well done. Well <laughs> done. It's, uh, you know, I've only seen it in these gigantic cork and cage, Randy. Our album's coming out soon. Um, cork and cage, that's our punk band, if you, if you don't know. Um could you see me and Randy in a punk band? <laughs> like, which one of us gets the mohawk? That's got to be you. Yeah, I think you've so. got to be the mohawk yeah, guy. Yeah, it'll, it'll be pink. Yeah, right. Pink mohawk. Right. Yeah. I'm I'd, I'd I'm I might do that anyway. I'd be like the the tambourine. No, I was going <laughs> to say the the shaved head one <laughs> in, in the group over and the mohawk. You just mohawk kind of one. march back and forth and just bang your head. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, could, I I could rock that role. Um, I've only seen this in the gigantic bottles. Is it available in any other? That you know of? Uh, to my knowledge, that is the, the only, um, only package only it package comes in. These days, I'm, Who knows? I'd be shocked if it's not in 16-ounce cans somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this, uh, the 750-milliliter cork and cage um, Bel- classic Belgian-style bottle is, mm. is kind of characteristic of this beer. So it is a Belgian-style triple. That means it has triple the Belgian-ness? Um, no. No. <laughs> we've talked about this before. Yes, I thought, that, I thought yes. that's what the deal is. So I think we talked about it. We've done a full Belgian primer. Um, I believe for letter M might have been um, our very first Belgian style beer. Um, we're not going to go into the same depths every time we do Belgian. I think this is the uh, third Belgian beer that we've paired with cigars. Um, so we will just say that because it is uh, golden colored beer and Belgian style. Um, basically means the yeast that was used and is characteristically known for driving a spicier and fruitier um, component than, say, American or English or German yeasts. Um, So it being um, yellow in color, that's going to tell you that the spices should be ranging from cardamom and sage to white pepper, and the fruits should be probably in the in the realm of apricot um, and peach uh, versus a darker Belgian beer, which would get into like the raisiny, pruny characteristics. The, um, think, you know, light stone fruits and lighter uh, spice characteristics. So we've done several <coughs> Belgian beers. This is our first triple. And frankly, we were kind of a little bit stumped with tea mm. for a beer. Um, you'd think that there would be more, I mean, as far as the style is concerned. 
I mean, there's other there's names of uh, of breweries and things, and I'm sure there's a beer out there with a, a name that starts with T. But we wanted to touch on a style that <coughs> uh, we hadn't done in the past. <coughs> Excuse me, that's going to happen, and I apologize. He's got pneumonia. Uh, well, not not quite, but uh, uh, that's that's th- but that's the w- what. Our host Robbie Raz is willing to like just push aside I, and power through. And I'll try to make it as show. As, uh, as comfortable for you guys <laughs> as possible because there's nothing worse than listening to somebody sniffle and cough. So I won't do that as much. Uh, I'll try to do that as little as possible. Um, <coughs> so moving on to the cigar here. Not only does this have a beautiful orange band on it, my favorite color, of course, indeed. Um, it uh, it's a Nicaraguan Puro. Did you know that? I didn't. 100% Nicaraguan tobacco. <coughs> it features a Nicaraguan Corojo 99 wrapper uh-huh. and binders and fillers unnamed from Nicaragua. <coughs> it hails from the My Father uh, factory. Uh, so this brand, Nuevitas, was uh, the brand's been around for a while, and it was actually <coughs> discontinued by Tatuaje back in 2007. And you were still in high school, I think, Randy. No, you were fighting in the French Revolution. That's, that's right. You that's were in. That's what it must have been. You were uh, riding the tube and uh, fighting for French freedom. Uh, they brought it back. <coughs> they being Tatuaje, uh, my man Pete Johnson. They brought it back um, in 2018. Three different sizes. <coughs> there is the Nuevitas, the five by fifty-two, and the band is actually reversed out. It's a white band with orange trim on it. I'll be darned. And the Hibero is in two sizes, uh, 5 by 54 6 by 52 like we've already said. They both have uh, a bit of an unfinished foot on them. Mm-hmm. So basically that just means there's, what, like quarter of an inch probably? Quarter, quarter to half, yes. Yeah, yeah quarter to half an inch of uh, exposed binder mm-hmm. and fillers at the foot, which is kind of interesting. Some people call it a shaggy foot, unfinished foot, or whatever. Th- the terminology is different. And some of them look like I've seen the shaggy foots. I think uh, Gurkha has a shaggy foot where the it's like really shaggy at the foot. Hence the name shaggy foot. Um, that might even be what they call it. And maybe that is a trademark name. I don't know. Hmm. But this I've one. heard the term for sure. I didn't yeah. know it was associated with a specific cigar. Uh, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. I could just be making it up. Who knows? This one has, uh, again, like I said, just a bit of exposed uh, binder filler. Which is kind of interesting. You light it up and you get that kind of blast of spice, blast of uh, like a black pepper, uh, almost red pepper, really, really strong blast at the beginning. And then a little bit of sweetness kicks in once you get to uh, the wrapper. Which So you get kind of in the experience of <coughs> almost like in blending. When you're, you when you're blending a cigar, you tend to smoke it at the different, you smoke the cigar, the, the leaves individually, and then uh, at different stages. So you're kind of smoking it without the, the wrapper on it, which I think is kind of cool. Um, there's other cigars that have like a closed foot on them. We were talking about mm-hmm. that. I've never been a big fan of the closed foots where the, the wrapper, there's like extra wrapper leaf at the bottom and it's kind of folded over. Right. And um, they say you get more flavor from that at the beginning. Hmm. I don't know. I've never really, my See palate isn't that uh, delicate, I guess. Attuned. Um, the uh, I always like the, the unfinished foot because I saw another manufacturer uh, frequently does the unfinished foot and makes the argument that it's just an easier lighting mm-hmm. experience, uh, as the as the wrapper's thicker, um, contains more moisture, so it doesn't um, so it uh, 
it gives you a better chance to have a, an even burn because the binder and filler all kind of like come to the wrapper and that'll even it out and yeah. ideally be I'll even from there. I'll yeah, yeah, it. no, it, it holds water, I think. It's uh, I was I was actually thinking that when I lit it, it's like wow, this is this lights up pretty fast. Yeah, I tend to be pretty slow with lighting my cigars. I don't like to light and puff. Mm. Are you a light and puff guy? Uh, only after toasting, of course. Yeah. You got to toast the coil. Yeah. Which, what does it really do? Uh, again, to to me, all all that conversation is all about just putting you in the best situation to not have to have touch ups and to have an even burn. Oof. Um, so at least what I've read is the theory is once the tobacco is warmer, it uh, combusts uh, more easily. Makes total sense. Yeah. It, see, that's the thing. I'm, I'm a logic-based uh, decision maker. And so it's just like, yeah, I don't know, that, that actually makes sense rather than some romanticized, like, you know, what is it, light it before you cut it concept. That uh, is just some people so silly. I, I don't know. I mean, <coughs> whatever. I d- <laughs> do whatever you want to do. If you love it, I uh, I support it yeah. entirely, I and yet I would still argue it makes no sense. Yeah, I s- <laughs> yeah, what it, what, yeah whatever you guys want to do is, is fine with me. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this, and I'm going to screw this word up. Um, Nuevitas, and I'm looking at uh, a review here from uh, the fine folks at the Half Wheel. Um, Nuevitas is the name of a town in Camagüey. Not sure if that's how you say it. Uh, in the Camagüey province of Cuba, it's located um, on the north side of the island, about 400 miles east of Havana. Hmm. And that's all I know about the word Nuevitas. Uh, like I said, this cigar was uh <coughs> was made back in the day. It was discontinued in 2007. It was originally lit. It was originally made. Didn't learn how to talk today. Um, at Tabacalera Tropical. I know where that's at. Where is it? It's in Miami. <laughs> no, it's in Nicaragua. Tropical? Well, this one is. There might be one that's in Miami. My understanding was that the original Casa Fernandez, mm. which is now owned by Agonorsa Leaf, mm. was originally called Tabacalera Tropical. Yeah. Well, um, so <coughs> this one was in Nicaragua. Apparently that I don't know. they failed on their trademarking. Yeah, who knows? It was back in 2000, early 2000s, so oh maybe, okay. maybe things have changed since then. Interesting. Who, nobody really knows. Nobody really knows. All, all we were doing back in the early 2000s with the internet, Randy, was pirating music. That's it. Mm. Everybody was on the Napster and the LimeWire. Yeah. Uh, that's Burning those CDs. Oh, absolutely. <coughs> back in the day, <laughs> for sure. So I smoked this particular cigar on Smoke Night Live, and I can't remember which Smoke Night Live episode it was. But I know that I smoked it during that, and I really, really enjoyed it. <coughs> it's got some nice woody notes. Mm. There's a little bit of sweetness in there, like a, almost like a powdered chocolate kind of sweetness, a little bit dry. Um, that spice that we got right at the beginning really only lives on the retrohale for me, and retrohaling is not very easy for me right now, mm. so I'm not really doing it that much. <coughs> inside inside story there. That's gross. Um, but I really enjoy this cigar. Like I said, it was uh, rated 93 um, by Cigar Aficionado and was the number nine cigar of the year. And that's uh, that's all I've got about all right. the cigar. Do you want to talk about P. 
Pete Johnson and your fandom I, for Tatuaje at all? No, or? I think Pete's awesome. I think uh, he's one of those. He's one of those guys, and kind of like the. Uh, I think in a way he kind of created the whole um, limited edition uh, really? concept with cigars. I mean, with the with the uh, Monster series, mm. it was really one of the first uh, in this in the current generation of cigar smokers. I guess you could say it was one of those first, at least for me, uh, it was one of the first cigars that I would that I sought out and wanted to collect. And he kind of, I don't know if he created it, but I, I attribute a lot of that to him. <coughs> when you think about the timing of when those cigars came out, if nothing else, popularized it. As yeah, far as you're exactly. Um, you know, it's funny you should bring that up. And this is totally off script, and we didn't uh, discuss this, so I apologize. Um, uh, Cigar Dojo recently came out with a uh, really cool article. Oh yeah. Um, as as we've seen a bit of this uh, through multiple media outlets, um, 2019 was. Uh, apparently this is debatable, but most of us would say the end of the decade uh, from 2010 to 2019 top front to back is a 10 year span. Why and is that debatable? Uh, I don't know. I saw someone saying, well, isn't 2020 the end of the never mind. Uh, it, it was a dumb debate. It's not debatable. 2019 was the end of yeah, I don't uh, like that. Uh, whoever uh, said that. Yeah, is no, no, smart. it doesn't make sense. Uh, 2019 is the end of a decade. And so we did see some articles coming out um, as as um, year end retrospective articles are pretty common. It's um, I think Dojo, uh, I think Jordan wrote the article, uh, said it really well in that since the big boom of cigars in the 90s, there's only been three decades completed since, Mm. um, you know, the full rise of, of premium cigars. And so we haven't had that many opportunities to look back at the last 10 years as a singular conversation. Um, and Cigar Dojo put out an article, I believe it was 30 cigars? 50. It was 50, thank you. Uh, 50 cigars that made an impact that were released from 2010-2019. Uh, I saw Pete Johnson live on a on KMA with um, our good buddy Abe from Smoke In. Mm. Um and they called out the article as missing the inclusion of Tatuaje Anarchy mm. as a monumental within the decade um, trendsetter in uh, in shop exclusives. It was like the first of the micro series. It was or whatever, first of right? the micro series for smoking. See, exactly. I know some stuff. Yeah, no. Pay well, attention. Well, you were smoking back then. I I'm still learning this stuff. It's a true story. Um. So, so I thought it was interesting because I, I wasn't smoking back then, so I don't have the perspective to really challenge and argue that. But, but uh, both Pete and Abe commented that Anarchy was the first, well, it may not have been the very first ever shop exclusive. It was the first with a kind of a national attention yeah, a where point. there was, a, a, was such a great, great demand and limited supply. And it created this new era of the shop exclusives that in today's world are super common. Are super common. They come hot and heavy. Um, all the hottest uh, brands are looking to, um, you know, are open at least to the conversation of partnering with uh, with with uh, strong retailers to do that. So I thought it was kind of interesting uh, that you would give them the nod for um, Pete specifically, the nod for kind of creating that. Uh, we talk a lot about how. It, it um, trends similar to craft beer limited yeah. releases when um, 
when he might, if he holds that crown, he he might also hold the crown for changing the way we look at shop exclusive. So it's it's interesting too. I mean, you look at <coughs> like would that would the collaborations that the dojo does with different mm-hmm. uh, yeah. companies would that fall under the same thing? Like maybe that cigar led to that type of thing. Who knows? It's uh, it's an interesting uh, thing. I know that the Tatuaje CQ one uh-huh. was listed in there, also a shop exclusive. Oh, okay. um, <coughs> oh, that's right. That was the mission, mission shop, pipe, right? Yeah. Mission, yeah. That's uh, here locally in the Bay Area. It is. I, I still, uh, and I think my, my comment was that I still kick myself for not uh, buying more of those cigars. I remember when they were available, I called uh, when they when Mission Pipe had the Pleasanton shop, which isn't there anymore, which is too bad because that was a really cool shop. Um, it's still about a 45-minute drive for me. So I called them up to make sure they still had them, and the guy was like, yeah, we still have them, but you know, you have to come in and get them. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm right down the road. And then his tone totally changed. He's like, oh, yeah, we got a bunch. Come in and get them, blah, blah, blah. Because they were getting calls, I imagine, all morning. From uh, across the country yeah, wanting like, them to oh, ship. Can, will yeah. you ship them to Kansas or right, you know right. whatever? I don't know why I picked Kansas, but I did. Um, <coughs> anyway, uh, I drove down there, and they had an open – they just came in boxes of 10. They had an open box that had eight cigars left. I was like, oh, I'll just take the open box. And he pulled out, like, a stack. He's like, you sure you don't want – like, I do, we're doing a two-box minimum or minim, or maximum. You sure you don't want to buy, like, two full boxes? So I was like, oh, no, I'm good. I'll just buy these because I hadn't smoked it yet. And I got home and smoked it, and it was the best tatuaje to this day that I've ever smoked. It, like, wow. like it was just like a Snickers bar, man. It was so damn good. It was full, full flavor, but like it was sweet and complex, and and, and it had like some nutty notes, like a little bit of nougaty kind of flavor in there. And I called him up the next day. I was like, "Dude, I got to come back and get another box." He's like, "Well, I've only got three left, so you better hurry." And I, when I got there, they only had one box left, and I bought that. Is that right? Yeah. So I still have a few left. Um, you've smoked it, haven't you? I haven't. No. I, well, you will. I've got some. You do? Uh, yeah. I saw some. What was the one that? Oh, we about the CK. You, no, no. You CQ smoked two. Yeah, you smoked uh, the original um, Mexican oh. experiment. Yes. At my yes, house. exactly. Uh, but I've got some more there. But and anyway, it's uh, that was on the list, and it, it is kind of curious that that one. Well, it's a better cigar. Um, I got into a little bit of an argument with Coop and Aaron. Stunning. Um, that Aaron and I argue about something, and I'm sure it ended up with a. Star Wars, Star Trek comment, but um, we we argued a bit about like I said that the cigar that I felt was missing was the um, the La Aurora Cien Años Maduro because that was one of that's one of the best cigars I've ever smoked and I think Coop said that was his cigar of the decade maybe it was um, but he argued that it was while it was a great cigar it wasn't super impactful because it was so limited and it was a good point. Um, but I think it's interesting that they would highlight the impactfulness of that being a store r- exclusive and not the earlier version that was a store exclusive, hmm. like you just said. Interesting. Yeah. But that was, that's a good article. I, uh, I I read through that one. I can't think of too many other cigars that were on there. I think the, the CQ1 was the only Tatuaje, I think, that was on there. There may have been another one, but cool article nonetheless. Well, no, uh, you know, I just wanted to kind of lean into that because I, I, I can tell you, um, we're both big Pete Johnson fans. Mm. Obviously, uh, what he's done and what Tatuaje has been able to kind of uh, niche out within our niche industry, um, and he's 
He's a pioneer. He's a pillar of of uh, everything that we chase in being big fans of these cigars in general. It's a niche inside of a niche. But what about the niche? Yeah, I think that's uh, just a pr- that's a tomato tomato argument. It's just the same thing. I mean, we could talk about Tatuai all day long. Um, I mean, going back to like I said, the Monster series, and even going back to uh, like cigars that I forgot about, like the Series P that we talked about when uh, I saw the guys at, at TPE. It's the old Cuban sandwich cigar, which is still pretty good. Cuban sandwich, mix of uh, short and long filler. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like a 3 or $4 cigar. still pretty good smoke. But they right. do a little bit of everything. And then y- you start looking at the Atelier stuff. Um, and uh, there's just uh, there's just so much going on over there. Yeah, no, I just always think it's, it's funny because I actually love um, – you see it a lot in sports conversations. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of, which is just another way to say you're – your your top four um, historical, you know, greatest of all times. And Rob always goes, uh, who's on your Mount Rushmore? Remind me. Uh, Pete Johnson. Uh-huh. Dion Giolito. Right. Of Louisiana. Yep. And then Pete Johnson. Uh-huh. And then Dion. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that he gets four slots and he refuses to put a third human uh, well, uh, to, be, to be honest, <laughs> or to or be four. fair, when uh, I we, that conversation came up in an earlier episode, you can go back and look. I don't know which one, uh, which episode it was. 150% of you have already seen it, so you know what we're talking about. But um, I, I threw that question at you, and I was I was listening to your answer, yeah, and and then you threw it back at me. I was like, oh. And so I, I copped out and just... It's just Pete and Dion. Yeah, and, 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 and they're two <laughs> of my favorites. And if, if uh, I should put some... I should sit down and, and put some thought into it and, and carve out... Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the other two on, uh, on my list. Because there are uh, many, many um, fantastic blenders in this industry. Um, so let's, uh, let's get into some of the flavors here. We talked a little bit about the cigar. Uh, are you getting anything other than what what I was explaining? Because I, I don't trust my palate fully right now, well, so I'm curious to see what uh, what what you're pulling out of this one. Well, we've spent a bit of time on the cigar. Can I just uh, describe the beer oh real yeah, quick, and do, then we'll get do. into the flavors? Yeah, um, so going back to whether it's Unibrow, which is my uh, let's just go with that. Yeah, it's Unibrow La Fin de Monde Belgian Triple. Um, it is nine percent alcohol, nineteen IBUs. Um, What's nine percent? Nine percent, yeah. Um, uh, triples are uh, triple lar- the alcohol are not triple the anything. Um, I'll, I, I'll stop. I li- I literally think that all goes back to um, to the numbering sequencing in Belgium, which historically actually um, identified how these beers were taxed, and Ooh. so um, it was a taxation um, uh, conversation, and so. Basically, the higher the alcohol, the higher the taxation. And so there was a single, a double, and a triple. And uh, it oh. wasn't double anything. It wasn't triple anything. It was just kind of a a, um, a measuring stick for th- that, uh, you know, you can kind of figure out roughly what the alcohol percentage is. So a double is stronger than a, tr- uh, than a single, a triple is stronger than a double, but they're very different beers. It's not like the same beer at just different alcohol levels uh, uh, where a double would be um, amber in color and have more of those prune and raisin characteristics. The triple is a very, very different beer. It is a, uh, it's a pale, spicy, dry, 
Trappist style um, that he's going to, again, bring a lot of uh, clean malt, but uh, really emphasize spiciness and fruitiness. Uh, uh, Unibrows opened in 1992. Um, oh, they've been around for a while. They've been around for a while. They were one of those early big brands. Um, you know, uh, a lot of brands o- started in 1989 was kind of like uh, as as the craft beer segment was really exploding. Um, they called it microbrew. Um, it's no longer called microbrew. If you're calling it microbrew, you should probably just kind stop. of, yeah, stop that. It's craft beer now. Um, as there was a bubble in the mid-90s where a lot of these um, breweries, you know, a lot of companies were coming in, a lot of money was coming in, starting breweries. They didn't have any concepts of quality or uh, cleanliness. So a lot of them failed. And so we call it, you know, they, we call it a bubble because it did burst. And um, and it wasn't until the um, mid-2000s to, to 2010s that craft it really started going on the sur- resurgence of what we've all experienced and, and are uh, still in the heyday of uh, as we speak. So Unibrow uh, was able to come out in that time. They, they withstood the bubble bursting. And so I think there's a certain like uh, tip of the hat to all the breweries that existed in the early 90s to late 80s that are still around and producing uh, high quality beer today um, because those ended up being the pillars is all these little guys that weren't doing it very well pretty much went out of business. Mm. And um, and so you're either, you know, in the late 80s or 90s or in the uh, 10s and, and, yeah. and more recent, there's a big kind of gap of the breweries that uh, opened in between that didn't make it. Kind of similar to the cigar industry, really. Is that right? Well, you look at the, the boom in the 90s. Right. And there's, uh, there were uh, some companies that came and went, and some cigars that were really big that you know kind of came and went. Um, <coughs> one that I think, uh, one that that just always pops into my head, that Bahia was a big cigar brand um, in the '90s, if memory serves. And this was before my time, so I could be, you know, speaking out of turn. But um, that was one that kind of. It was big in the 90s, and then it got a, a bit of a resurgence, or not a resurgence, but kind of brought back to life in uh, in the 2010s. And, I mean, similar to the cigar, really. I mean, it was it was produced in the early 2000s, put to sleep for a few years, mm-hmm. uh, a decade, really. And then uh, Pete decided to bring it back, um, which <coughs> probably has something to do with predicate dates and, and, sure, and, sure. and all such sort of things. Uh, lucky for us, he did bring it back, and it is a very good cigar. Um, one thing I wanted to say when you were talking about like the the, s- the breweries that came out in the the late '80s and the early '90s, they were, and we've talked about this a little bit. And this beer, I think, kind of falls into that. They weren't really style driven, mm. uh, or I, I beg your pardon, doesn't fall into that. They weren't really style driven back then. Mm-hmm. Like when we had R- Rogue was when we were talking about yep. this. Yep. Is it's the Rogue Dead Guy Ale? But we don't really like what kind of beer is it didn't really matter back then right it was just kind of this is a, a good tasting beer and it's got a cool name and there's some cool marketing behind it now it's a bit more the uh, the consumers changed a bit it's yeah it's a it's okay this uh, what style is it okay well it's a it's an ipa well is it a west coast or is it a hazy mm-hmm. well it's a it's a west coast is it a is it an ipa or is it a double ipa what are the hops right, that are in right. it what 
what uh, and it, you could even say that with cigars it's kind of the same thing the with I guess with the rise of the interwebs yep you know and the access of information exactly um, yeah. the the consumers changed a little bit and were a bit more sophisticated and it's not just hey this is a cigar that's really good that's from Nicaragua well it's from Nicaragua, but where are the leaves from? Well, the leaves are from Nicaragua, but what part of Nicaragua? Because right, right. there's Ometepe. Well, yeah, because we've Salim. learned that there's yep. there's a difference between all those things. Just kind of interesting when you, you look back. This is one of those style-driven mm-hmm. beers that has lasted. Well, I, I completely agree with you. It's uh, We haven't talked about that, and I hadn't necessarily thought about it in, in that um, specific head-to-head kind of conversation. But it would kind of illustrate that I would say uh, craft beer consumers are a little bit craft beers, maybe five, eight, ten years ahead of where the consumer is on cigars, where it's more specific that way. I, I feel like it's a smaller group of us that really like seek out Nicaraguan origin or, you know, uh, the the Agonorsa experience, honestly, uh, uh, really helped me out to understand my preferences be uh, between Corojo and Criollo, right? That, that one's more salty, briny versus sweet and, and, and earthy and, and really understand that, that I have a preference. And now that I've identified that preference, I can go out and, and I can be a consumer and shop for cigars that are using those specific leaves that I know that I'm already partial to. Um, I feel like that's still, I mean, in, in our circles, that's very prominently discussed. But, uh, you know, when you go to the golf course and you're hanging out with a bunch of guys that don't smoke uh, with the frequency that we do, um, it's still Nicaragua versus Dominican Republic is probably as deep as a lot of those conversations are yeah. going. Do you have any Cubans? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. You sell Cubans? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, if you're asking for a Cuban, you're probably not that familiar with the difference between Corojo and Not that there's anything wrong with Cubans. <laughs> At all. Just, uh, that's, if, if, somebody, if somebody leads with, oh, well, you, do you smoke any Cubans? Like, ah, well, I think this is about as far as our conversation's going to go. <laughs> um, <coughs> one thing I will say about that when you say that um, <coughs> the, the beer consumer is probably further ahead, it's easier, I think, to develop a palate for beer and to experience it, you can go to a tap room and try 20 different beers right. in one sitting. Absolutely. I can't go to a cigar lounge and smoke 20 different two. cigars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you really want to get crazy with it, you can buy 10 cigars and smoke a little bit of each one. Right, right. But nobody does that. No, that it's, uh, it's kind of takes away from the whole luxury yeah, and uh, takes, relaxation if component. If that's what you're into, that's cool. But right. And I've done that where I've sat down with three different cigars from different um uh manufacturers different that, that, that maybe have the same tobacco you know same country but different manufacturers and get an idea of you know how they treat the tobacco a little bit differently and how that tastes but i don't think the average person the average cigar smoker is going to do that with beer it's so much easier yep. to to try all these different things um anyway let's uh let's dial it back and mm-hmm. let's let's start talking about this pairing a little bit yeah i think from an intensity standpoint for me I think it's probably pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I don't think anything's <coughs> getting run over. Well, going back to to your question, uh, to add to um, the flavors that I'm picking up from mm. the cigar, I'm totally with you. It's got a w- nice woody characteristic. Some of the sweetness, I, uh, I honestly identify as it's got this great like fresh baked bread mm. uh, uh, character to it that I don't always run into w- with cigars, especially once you get that woodiness because that can be a little bit more. <coughs> 
pungent and 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 uh, dominating of a, mm -hmm. a, a of a characteristic. I think there is this very nice like that outer almost crustiness of a French baguette mm. um, uh, character, I like which I, which I find yeah slightly sweet, very 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 pleasant, um, very medium bodied and medium flavored cigar yes. in, in general. Um, and and as far as intensity, I agree. You know, the the beer, even for being a nine percent, which you might think um, has a little bit more like punchiness in the flavor, it's very medium bodied. Um, it it is spicy. It's got some fruit component. I I wouldn't say it's a ton. I'm not getting a ton of apricot or um, any of those uh, fruit flavors that I that I go in looking for with a Belgian style golden beer. Um, but it's medium bodied. It has a nice spice component. It's not overly spicy. It's not black pepper. Uh, to your point about the spiciness of the cigar, you definitely get that little bit of black pepper bite on that retro hail, but not so much on the palate. Mm -hmm. um, so intensity wise, I agree. I think these are uh, these both come in at at a, at a medium. Uh, neither one of them are running over the other. They're they're both uh, kind of stand uh, their own ground against the other component. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like we talked about, this beer uh, is you know highly decorated. We didn't really get into too much. It, w it wins a bunch of awards, and there's a lot of uh, different beer awards around the world. Um, I wanted to look it up here on Beer Advocate. Um, and actually, did you hear that Untapped purchased Beer Advocate? I didn't see it on your screen, but that's news to me. How did I miss that? Yeah, it happened. Uh, it was like yesterday. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's a big acquisition. That's kind of crazy beer, in the beer um, media I mean, world. If if you're familiar with, uh, if you're a beer drinker, you're probably familiar with Untapped. It's uh it's an app where you can you basically check in any beer that you're you're drinking and you can rate it and you can say where you got it and talk about the flavors and blah blah blah, um, and you get little badges when you check in at different places and that kind of thing. Come to um, uh, come to Laughing Monk, Randy. Check in on Untapped, and you will get your own little Laughing Monk badge for checking in at our tap room in San Francisco. Nice. Absolutely. And every five beers you check in, you level up. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Oh, you can get all the way up to 99. I think we have somebody that's at, like, level 15. That's a lot of beer to check in at a, a brewery our size, I think. You can get to 99 <coughs> So that's like each level being five beers? Yeah. So that's 500 beers, give uh, or take? It sounds like that math is right. I'm not good at math, but <laughs> I don't do I, I round it up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't do spreadsheets. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, so that's untapped. And Beer Advocate is a website, same kind of thing. It doesn't, it's not really app-based. It's, you know, people go in and, and talk about the different beers that they've got, and they've got a rating. And I wanted to pull up the rating for this particular beer. I believe it's a 99, but... Uh, Give me a second here, Randy. Talk about yeah. Something. I would I would say oh, that uh, La Fin du Monde. If you look at the beer judge style guidelines, it is listed as one of the um, commercial examples, like classic examples of the style. Um, so again, th there is <coughs> Belgium is uh, very well known for their French culture, uh, as they speak. Two primary languages, depending on what part of Belgium you're in, uh, you either speak Flemish or French mm. as, as your uh, primary language. And uh, as we know, there's uh, certain areas of France that were um, that were colonized uh, by the French in Canada. And so French is a primary language in Quebec, I know, and, and I'm sure 
several other smaller, uh, less well-known areas of uh, Canada. So you do see more of that Belgian-French influence mm. in those areas. So it's it's not all that shocking to know that a Canadian brewery is doing a very, very classic Belgian-style um, portfolio such as yeah. Unibrow. Um, so if you look at here on Untapped, it comes in with a score of 97, which is listed as world-class uh, by their rating system. In the Belgian triple style, it's the number one ranked beer. Is that right? In Belgium. This is like the quintessential Belgian triple. It's interesting because the style itself can be traced back to one single brewery, which is Brewery West Mail. It's one of the seven Trappist breweries mm. in the world. And um, so how wild that it's, it rates even over the West Mail triple. Which is yeah. the original I bet, triple? <laughs> I bet that's. Let me see if I can look here. Um, and and well, well, Rob looks that at comes up. In, that comes in as number three. Sorry, that was quicker oh. than anticipated. Wow, your your Wi-Fi is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Findemond is uh, number one. Uh, Golden Monkey from Victory oh, comes wow. in at number two. That's a New York brewery, right? Or and Philadelphia? Uh, I think Victory's out of Philadelphia. I don't know. I honestly don't know. And then the West Mail is. Um, is third but that's like that old joke about uh charlie chaplin joining a charlie chaplin lookalike contest and coming <laughs> and in and number and three and <laughs> yeah. so but but to put it into perspective this beer has been checked in twice as many times as the next one it's is been rated right? like double the amount of times as the the next one on the list so it really is like when we first announced what this beer was at the end of uh, of uh, our last episode, there were a lot of people saying, "Oh, what beer is that? What beer is it?" And then, but then when you see it, you recognize, "Oh, yeah, I've seen that beer right, before." Right. You may have not had it because Belgian triple isn't really, maybe not a style that you seek out. I really enjoy Belgian beers. Um, we make a lot at uh, Laughing Monk. Go figure. We make a, a lot of <laughs> Belgian styles. Uh, triple is one of our uh, core lines. Sure. Um, and I really enjoy. Uh, I'm more of a double guy, really, yeah. depending on the time of year. But I like that kind of that's that's more of a a winter time type of drink right. for me. A little more filling, yeah, a little more malt darker, forward, yeah. darker. Yeah, it's yeah. not they're not the kind of beers where you're going to sit down and have three or four of them. Sure, you have one and you're kind of you're feeling pretty good. It's got an enough uh, ABV to it, but it's it's something about the yeast in there and like the the very fine bubbles that I promised you I would mention um, that uh, are, they can be really filling. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, let's get into this pairing because uh, we're we're uh, we're babbling at this yes. point. But so for me, the the intensity is on point. Mm -hmm. I don't know that there's much else after that. Well, flavor wise, I mean, we've already uh, both commented that there's a spicy mm -hmm. character in both, mm -hmm. so there is that going on. Mm -hmm. um, I would say. I would almost expect on paper for a triple to deliver a little bit more of that bready sweetness. Mm. This one, I'm not picking up on it quite as much as, as I would think. A lot of Belgian beers use significant uh, portions of uh, proportions of wheat in their, in their grist, in their recipe. Um, and wheat, as an addition to the malt that all beer is based on, gives more of that breadier, grainier, uh, kind of uh, flower-like uh, flavor. I don't, I don't find it like um, uh, mirroring that breadiness in the cigar as much mm. as I had thought 
it would when we chose this pairing. Um, but I don't find anything, you know, standing out as conflicting flavors or, or contrasting flavors so much. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't find any anything that's being uh, brought up or enhanced mm. by, by the pairing, which is what we talk about the most as, as what makes it for a good pairing is that one is enhancing the other or that there's... You know the 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 adage of this the sum of the two is greater uh, than something its like parts. Something yeah, I like that. How that goes? Greater um, than the sum of its parts. That's but it. That's but it. Opposite. <laughs> um, so it's doesn't bother me. It's 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 a decent enough pairing. Um, it's not something that I would write home about and say this is something that you need to try uh, at Thanksgiving dinner. One thing I find, <coughs> excuse me, uh, I find that. The beer, after I take a sip of the beer and then I go and I, I do a little puff on the cigar, I get a little hint of bitterness uh, with the puffs from the cigar. And it's, I know that's not from the cigar itself. It's, I think it's just the mix of the, the, the finish of the beer, which I think does have a little bit of those, you know, the esters from, uh, from the yeast, a little bit of that kind of banana-y type flavor there a little bit that um <coughs> doesn't really jive too well with the cigar for me. I'm I'm ready to uh to score this one if if you're ready. I was born ready. Look like you're still thinking about it. I'm going uh, I'm going with the thumbs down on this pairing. I okay. just I'm just not feeling it. Okay. Uh it's one of those things I would love for there to be more instances in the show where you go one way and I go the other. Yeah, <coughs> uh, we don't manufacture that kind of thing. We are all for rumors and teasers, by the way, mm. but uh, but forcing uh, 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 conflict and transparency. Yes, but we don't force conflict where where there isn't any. Uh, I'm gonna go with thumbs down. Yeah, agreed. Because um, again, we we've said several times, like the whole purpose of our thumbs up, thumbs down rating is: are we recommending that you go out, not only find this for yourself, experience for this yourself? Because we think you should experience this for yourself regardless of if it's a thumbs down or thumbs up. But are you going to share it in a, in an open setting and, and help draw some people to a great yeah. pairing? This does not match that list. So no, you're, 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 We're doing right now, I think we're doing a bit of a disservice to uh, two pretty good products. Right. The um, yeah, we, we yeah. both say these are yeah. world oh, yeah. class we don't uh, have products like all by themselves. We don't have to apologize. We give yeah. it a thumbs down, Randy. It's okay. <laughs> Um, I love this cigar. It's it's fantastic. It's not my favorite tatuaje in the world, but it's you know it's probably wow would it be in it probably be in the top ten of tat but there's so many tatuajes yeah. out there it's kind of yeah. hard to say you say top ten it doesn't sound that great right. but when you look at their uh, overall the breadth I, I celebrate the man's entire catalog <laughs> you look at their entire catalog there's a lot of cigars in there um, so I would want to pair this particular cigar mm. I think with I wouldn't go with uh, a heavy stout. I think it'd be too much. Um, <coughs> I, I like the idea of a porter, maybe mm -hmm. like a, maybe a porter that's got a little bit of sweetness to it, not too much. Um, you know, brown ale we always say is, is easy. Uh, I, what else? Maybe a double, a Belgian double would even be a better pairing. Oh, you're, you're totally right there. Yeah. One of the things I was gonna say is funny. You say uh, you know re reference sweetness with the porters. One of the things that I think is somewhat detracting in this pairing is that I do find the triple to be a little bit sweet. Mm. 
it has some sweetness there where I think it's a, it's more of a, a dry and earthy, woody, bready cigar where sweetness isn't um, enhancing it at all. Yeah, and, no, that's and a good uh, point. I think with the porter, though, at least in my head, I'm getting a different type of sweetness, more of like a chocolatey. And I think it might enhance. There's that chocolatey sweetness in the cigar. That's uh, the more I smoke it, the the less I taste it. And I wonder if that has something to do with the beer because that's not going to jive with this beer at all. Right. And maybe that's just getting uh, kind of pushed out of the way. Um, what about you with this beer? What would you want to pair uh, with this? I mean, <coughs> I, I honestly um, something like uh, a Cameroon wrapper is popping oh, there into you my go. head. I, I I was thinking something sweet and spicy. Yeah. Um, Cameroon. I was I. That hadn't even occurred to me, but that's a great uh, yeah. recommendation. Um, I wouldn't want to go full some Connecticut. No, I think no, it's it would get overrun. Right, right. Unless Going back to that intensity. Ones. Yeah, the, the not your father's Connecticut. Yeah, but even then, <laughs> even then you might lose it. Sorry, I'm talking over you. No, that I I totally agree. I think the beer is too intense of a flavor and a little bit too strong to go straight Connecticut. I think you need a natural wrapper. I don't think it would work. Um, very well with um, many Maduro wrapped no, cigars. Um, so yeah, a, a natural cigar that's whether it's from a specific origin wrapper or if the blend just favors more towards a sweeter and spicier component and yeah. characteristic overall. Um, uh, it'll, it'll be fun as, as we go through our off season where we're not bound by the alphabet to uh, do some, pairings that we just think would work really well regardless of the letter of the alphabet you know a cigar that pops into my head <coughs> tell me um for this would be the uh well stick with the mount rushmore <laughs> the it's a dion the uh, illusione um oh crap now i can't think of it epernay epernay thank you yeah. that's uh, what i'm uh, yeah as I'm, soon I'm as you said mount rushmore yeah. I, was, I was like he's going epernay yeah i think that yeah. might that c you, oh you know what else the uh the uh, Laranja, the original Laranja from um, Espinosa might be something that uh, that that's might that that's might work. an intriguing yeah. Uh, offering. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna look have at to that. try that. <coughs> look at that. So <laughs> um, I'm remiss. We didn't uh, think to see who's on Smoke Night Live. Is there a Smoke Night Live this there weekend? There is a Smoke Night Live this coming this Friday. Friday. Because I know Eric is he's in Nicaragua right now. He is. So is he doing it from Nica? Yeah, he's doing the. Um, this will be the Alec and Bradley, oh, right, right, Rudashi kind of pre-release show. Okay. Uh, so Cigar Dojo's newest collaboration is with uh, Alec Bradley Cigars, but the Alec and Bradley line that is um, obviously the the namesake for Alan Rubin when he created yeah, Alec sons, Bradley. Yeah. His two sons, Alec and Bradley, who are now predominant um, members of the company and are kind of striking out a little bit different path than uh, than their dad and the the core lines from Alec Bradley, uh, so that that li uh, launched with blind faith. Mm. Uh, they came back with a strong strong um, uh, release this year that made some top ten lists. Definitely made the consensus or top twenty five list. Pardon me. Um, uh, with the uh, the gatekeeper, mm, yeah, that's uh, and that was a EP Carrillo uh, collaboration with them. I find I like a lot of the cigars that come out of EP Carrillo. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not a manufacturer that I have. I don't know enough of their catalog to celebrate the whole thing. 
Uh, the encore was very good. That was, th- I, I think that people liked that one. That one is highly rated, I think. Yeah, yeah. That whole CA number one yes. you know, does a big thing, but it ended up on a lot of lists. It was in the top five, I want to say, on consensus. Oh. So, so it, it wasn't just CA on that one. A lot of the early, um, a lot of the early crowned head stuff came out of, oh, uh, okay, of EPC the, the uh, four kicks. Oh, okay, and I believe Headley Grange as well. Yeah, you know, obviously uh, Ernesto. Uh, yeah, I think Perez knows what he's doing. Carillo is is someone that. Um, Kind of before the AJ wave, mm. he was the guy that everybody mm. wanted to have a collaboration with or have do a cigar for them. And so um, they, Alec and Bradley kind of saw him, hence the name Gatekeeper, is he was mm. kind of the, the, the one to, you know, christen them as, uh, as legitimate blenders and, 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 and really like uh, help them to uh, solidify that it is a separate brand from the Alec and Bradley core brand. Mm. And so, um, uh, pretty exciting that Dojo has this um, this cigar. I think a lot of fun elements have to do with it. I, I won't be s- selfish and say that it was the first time I ever got to be part of the um, the blend choosing process for Dojo, uh, but I was. And <laughs> uh, but but what's fun about it is that, you know it's uh, releasing on February 29th on Leap Year, um, and so uh, so that's pretty fun. And y- Yurudashi. Urudashi is actually, shoot, I want to say Japanese for leap year. Mm. That's actually what it means. We should smoke that for our EU episode. Oh. Ooh. I don't know that we we planned a cigar for you, do we? I don't know that we do have one planned for you. Underground, maybe? Uh, Umbagog? Oh, I think we have Umbagog in the list. Have we That's done? Exactly I, I'm not sure have. which one. Um, that being Tune in s- next week to yeah, find out. Yeah. That being said, we we have got some questions about mm. the upcoming cigars. Uh, Rob and I are furiously trying to finish out the alphabet and um, publish for the public, um, so you guys can all have a chance to go out and procure the beers and cigars, as some of you find it easier than others. Um, Wyoming has no beer. So sorry, Patrick. They just have nothing. <laughs> they have one liquor store, and it's got Pabst. And uh, like Light. founders <laughs> all day IPA yeah, right, and that's right. it. Um, but but that being said, yeah. So so that's what's going to be going on on Friday night. Eric is in Nicaragua. Um, I believe he's at Perdomo currently uh, doing Not that. Jealous at all? Yeah. So he's going to bounce up. I think he'll actually be back in Florida uh, with the guys at Alec Bradley um, for the show, and then. Whichever day the 29th comes on, I want to say that might be actually Sunday mm. will be the release okay. of that cigar. Awesome. And uh, so that's what you can expect on Cigar Dojo coming up. Cool. Thank you for knowing that because I didn't do <laughs> my diligence to, He's uh, been sick. to to find that out. <laughs> Don't make excuses for me, Randy. I dropped the ball and, and, and I fumbled and you picked it up and ran it in for a touchdown. That's what it's I do. It's, I mean, uh, rising tides, right? Um, <coughs> and so, yeah, so we will uh, – we don't have the pairing yet for next week, but we'll post it as soon as we can. We'll finish out the alphabet uh, before next week's episode. That's a promise from Randy. So if we don't do it, you can blame him. And uh, we'll go from there. But, again, check out both of these, the uh, the Tatuaje Noivitas, Hibero, number one or two. I haven't smoked the number one. I've smoked the two twice. Mm-hmm. Very good cigar. And uh, La Fin de Monde from Unibrow. We should have saved Unibrow for you. I don't know if. You beers are going to be easy to find. Who knows? 
anyway, uh, thanks for checking out another episode. We really appreciate you guys. Thanks for tuning in on podcast. And we will be with you guys next week as the Odyssey continues. Thank <laughs> you.